The powers of the universe had brought three malevolent minds together to form an unorthodox alliance. Through the marvels of technology and by the power of Craig, you have found them. First, there's Cat. Holds the powers of dark knowledge, horror movies, and too much true crime. And then there's Keller. With dominion over the bot Craig, she wields control over technological forces and has possession of the sacred written word. And then there's me, Dick, the keeper of the ancient films and knower of all facts that are fun. And together with their powers combined, they are the Clip Critics. Introducing me as the guest star today. Are you a guest star? Well, apparently you just introduced yourself. So good job. This is not Richard, our guest star for the podcast. <laughs> this is not Duncan. Richard introducing himself in the middle of of Garrick or whatever the heck his name is, telling us that he's going to be I the guest star. Garrick. Listen, I wasn't supposed to be here, so whatever. I was supposed to be in Salem. Yeah. <laughs> so Richard's plans changed, and he's now crashing Cats and I's podcast time. Because <laughs> I have no life and no friends, and I was bored. <laughs> And these people accept me. I don't know why. And we don't I mean, either. No, that's not true. Don't tell people that. We're podcasters. We're obviously all really cool. We're all super popular and in very high demand socially. Oh, God, guys, I know these people. They're, we're lying. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. <laughs> She's going to drink a thousand bottles of Evian now and put herself to bed. <laughs> oh my god, that was the funniest <laughs> shit. I wish I had Evian. <laughs> oh, oh. This better. Unfortunately, all I have is Aquafina. And the only reference I have to that is a terrible song called Bubblegum, so we won't go there. We won't go there. No, we won't go there. Oh dear. I so haven't heard the song apparently, so I don't oh. know. Welcome back. One of the exciting things we did this week was try to figure out what we're going to name all of our followers, and we came up with a really good one that I don't remember. <laughs> I do. It is. I do too. It is Clipsters. Clipsters. It is Clipsters, and it's Audra uh, Keller that came up with it. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to mess that one up today. <laughs> Okay, cat's out of the bag. Good. Good. Clipsters, Clipperoonie, Clip a doo doos. Yes. You Clipsters the, was brilliant. Clipsters. Clipsters was brilliant. I'm so glad I had that moment of genius. That it sounded bad as Clippers, but Clipsters is amazing. And if you want to see how we came up with it, I will at some point post the Marco Polo conversation <laughs> on our Patreon. <laughs> so you, you can see organically how that grew. What you could have been called, all your other names that could have existed out there. Yes, the dog just opened the bedroom door and let all the other dogs in. And I guess we know who let the dogs in. Yeah, BB. Who let the dogs in? Who? 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 Yeah, it still works. It still tracks. It does. That's a terrible song. Yeah, it is. It's another one of those songs that's like super fun, very inappropriate, not a nice song. You know what's another one? I remember Have you ever heard Bad Touch? School. Yes. Oh, that's a banger of a song, though. Wow. I still have that Bad on touch. my you know what else is another one? Sex and Candy. Yep. It's a great song. I love Sex and Candy, but it's not appropriate. Who doesn't? 
What's the, I was interested. It was introducing Julian to 2000 school dance music. And oh, one of the ones that came like, up. What is love, baby? Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt don't me. Hurt me. No, that was not 2000 school dance. 2000 no. school dance 90s. music was like Chingy, Tipsy. Everybody in the club getting tips. Everybody in this bitch getting tipsy. Yes, eighth grade school dances. That is what I'm yeah. listening to. Getting hot in here, so take off all your clothes. Take off all your clothes. Yeah, yeah. there's. I'm sure that doesn't say anything about why millennials ended up the way they did. I'm going to go back to listen to Aqua now. You have frightened me. <laughs> 2000s had a weird music crash. Yeah, that doesn't say anything about millennials at all. Oh, we had Especially... Yeah, you know, we're some weird. bangers, but there was a lot of questionable. We're, we're a weird group, that's for sure. Brap was a bizarre thing. Oh, <sighs> uh, millennials. Anyway, that's not what we were choosing to discuss this episode. Not why we're I can understand why you would think that because we just talked about it. Why no, are this we? is a get to know the clip critics episode. We're just talking about us. Welcome. The yeah. conversation. Yeah. yeah. We're just here. Oh. Can be. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what. Well, because I can be. And because I have the microphone, and you will listen to everything I have to say. Unless you turn us off. Please don't turn us off. There <laughs> <laughs> are just three kindly spinster ladies at home alone. <laughs> Oh, wait, there's only two that are ladies. I mean, I have the boobs. Hey, technically, we would all be Spencer age, though. That would be correct. No, there's something about... I read this once. We're, we're, we're actually called, like, Spinebacks or something because of how, how old we all are now. Really? Yeah. Well, listen, there's when your level... average age was 30, you're pretty much a grandma. It's Richard, I know where you live. Don't mean ah! I'm dying, people! <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of Richard. Oh, uh, no, so okay. I guess I'll I'll find a. I have a way to start this. I know things. I know how to do things. So it, besides, you. Listen, I am in control. <laughs> we're doomed. If cats in control. We're doomed. Watch while the I cats always think they're in control. That's true. They do. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I don't think I know. I don't think you know either. So leave me alone. Anyway. So with, so we all know that we're here and we do the podcast. And the people who presumably listen and haven't turned us off yet know us as uh, people who like to run their mouths about movies. But we all do things like besides that. Richard likes to hold corgis in front of his face. As a way to hide from the public. Traumatized cat and I. Perhaps he's a furry in his secret life. We have no proof yet, but. Don't talk to the animals. I can always, <laughs> I can always ask, ask Josh. He might let me in on some Please of those, tell us. the skeletons in Richard's closet. I don't need to be a furry. I have all hair. <laughs> we have shirtless exposure, ladies and gentlemen. It's happening. <laughs> Trust me, it's not pretty. There's so much white. So much white. It's like the, the expanse. Glare. 
I once started in a play called Moby Dick. Guess who I was? Oh. <laughs> My name is Dick. <laughs> oh no! I still have the wounds. Where <laughs> 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 well, they stabbed him that night. Oh no! Ow! I hurt my wrist. Anyway. Oh yeah, we all have. I was saying a thing. That's control of stuff. So we do. Sorry, lost I've already lost. I have never control as. This is going to be an episode. <laughs> Maybe you'll learn one thing if you're lucky about us each. We all do things outside of this podcast, though. We all have like other things that we're passionate about. Oh, thank God! I didn't realize that was a Smurf at first, and I was going to be real upset. <laughs> My Smurf was showing. I'm sorry. That was Smurfette. First of all, I'm gonna have to message Josh and make him come take you away from us. Is she naked? Oh my god! Oh, she's a mermaid, and no, her hands are covering her top. Okay, she looks naked on the camera. Does that seem better? No, now she's just a little blurry blue thing. Wait, who just passed by the door? Wait, come back, you guys! Josh, Josh, come see us from here! <laughs> you have to tell us. He can't hear you. I don't think. <laughs> oh, you heard a little bit. <laughs> I startled them. I put a Smurf up in front of my camera lens, and then they all got quite disturbed because they couldn't tell it was a Smurf. It was just it a little blue like thing. A tiny penis for a second, and I was very upset. It's not a little green thing. It's a little blue thing. Richard's Richard's pastime outside of the podcast is is destroying Cat and my's life. Yes, I was referring to Yoda. Richard is green. I would suppose. Wow. I don't. I don't. I. I can't. I can't do this anymore. I'm leaving. Okay. Just got here. I'm. Nope. I'm done. I'm done for today. I'm. I'm, That's it. I quit. I'm done. Wrote a book once. (laughs) <laughs> she wrote two books I did I, I said did. twice oh, oh. I, did. I mean it's too bad that it's a, 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 a triple play and not a, a, a two play so you can't even finish the story yet it's actually six but that's okay <laughs> we got a long ways to go folks I have plans the journey's not over I have plans for six books seven maybe eight i think we can get her to series name we've i've dragged it out of you before what's the what's the name of your book and the and the saga i guess it would be a saga if it's more than three this is what we're calling it the the overall chronicles is the miss walker chronicles but the the first book is cast in the twilight and the second book which is up for pre-order is the last city of light and then there was that mistake book that Riddick talked oh, about. Richard, I will stab you. <laughs> I will actually stab you. I don't like to talk about that one because it was a whole whole mess. There's a lot more to it than just it was it was a mistake and there was there was a lot a lot to it, which is why I don't like to talk about it. I gotta find my copy of that, but that's not important. I have a copy of it too, but that's not important either. Yes, we see your corgi butt with tag. 
I bought you that corgi. I'll take it away. So yeah, why, right. I think we've kind of sort of talked about it before, but like, why did you always know you were going to be an author and why did you choose to like move forward seriously? Because a lot of people will be like, I'm going to write a book or I'm going to write some shit. And people write stuff all the time, but it's hard to do the follow through. It's pretty uncommon for people um, to do the follow through. I always, I always knew I wanted to write. I've always wanted to do the author thing. Yeah. Like, how, you know, how everybody goes through their phase of I'm going to do this when I grow up and I'm going to do that when I grow up. Um, I started writing when I was 10. Yeah. And um, for the longest time I wanted to do traditional publishing. Um, I think, I think I mentioned this on the podcast the other day where um I, I wrote when I wrote this book, the, or when I wrote Cast, I, I had it, it mentioned or sent it to a publisher that's like we want we want A B C D E, and I sent it to that particular publisher because my book ticks A B C D and E, and then they said, "Nah, it's not what we want." So I finally said, "Fuck it," and went the indie route and just published it myself. Um, but yeah, I've. I've, I've, I've when you were explaining it, you were saying like they wanted A, B, C, and D, specifically LGBTQIA plus types yeah. of books, but then they wanted it done specifically their way. There was a lot of editing and changing they wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. They wanted, yeah, there was they wanted they wanted LGBT plus, they wanted um male romance, they wanted specific representation, they wanted adventure, they wanted um fantasy environment they wanted like literally like all all of all of the boxes and i was like this this is my thing this checks literally all of your boxes plus the specific representation and they're like yeah but this isn't what we want but but it is question mark like i don't understand then so that's when i just got pissed off and said screw it i'm gonna do it myself um but to go back to like the actual question, yeah, I've kind of always known that I wanted to to write and to to publish, like to be an author for the longest time. Like literally up until I decided I was going to self publish it, publish this because I got frustrated with the traditional publishing industry. Industry, I wanted to do it traditionally. I wanted to go through. I wanted to have that label behind me of you know, of Penguin or you know one of the one of the big traditional publishers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, quote unquote legitimate publishing, and I just got so frustrated because it's so hard to break into that industry. That if you don't have exactly what they want, and you're willing to conform to their boxes, you're not gonna get published. And I feel like that what I'm trying to do needs to be out there and even if only you know two people see it it's going to be important to those two people so it needs to be out there so um because what what i'm trying to write is specific to the asexual community and that's important not only to me as an asexual person but other asexual people out there so that's kind of the big reason i said fuck it i'm doing it on my own well there's a lot to be said i think about the um 
You know, it's the, I think what they usually call it in the industry is the sellout temptation. Like you had almost exactly what we wanted, but we would like this version that we think the masses will be more popular with. And if you just change your original bullshit, then we can make you popular. And to like know and understand that that's not an appropriate or productive way to release genuine art that comes from a genuine place. It's a pretty, it's a big deal. And it's not something, you know, it's easy to like go running after that carrot and not be like, no, this is important to be released the way it is. Richard, you've actually read her book. Yeah, I have. And I will say in, in response to the subject that we were on, though, it's a very corporate mentality that they have. And you don't want that. Next thing you know, you'll be a, despite the fact that I like them, a Nancy Drew Hardy voice where it just they pop out one, they can have different authors write it. And really the only person that makes money is the publisher and has nothing to do with the author. And that's not really fair or conducive. And they have far more influence on the public with that kind of crap than they should. So I, I definitely applaud you for going that, that route and saying, no, I'm staying true to the art form and having it the way I want it. I appreciate that. It, 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 the book didn't the book could have been out a couple years ago had I decided to do that when you know had I decided to just say screw it then but I like I said I really wanted to try to get it through a traditional publisher and after a lot of nah this isn't exactly what we want you know and being like okay well it doesn't quite tick all the boxes but after finding that one publisher where I was like yeah this literally ticks all of the boxes and them saying no, this isn't what we want, and me literally being like, but it, it literally, it literally, like I literally checked it so many times, and being like, okay, LGBT, yep, male, you know, male same, male like specifically male same sex relationship, okay, this specific orientation, okay, fantasy environment, okay. Like, like, literally, what the story is was everything they were looking for. And be like, okay, like this, this is what they want. This is what I wrote. Sending it in and them saying, no, this isn't what they want. Being like, then what are you looking for? Like, I, I, I'm sending you exactly what you're looking for. What are you looking for then? And just being like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm doing it on my own. Did right. they ever tell you what they were looking for? Like, what was their idea of the better version? No. Or the perfect Again, book? Didn't no. just, just not what I wrote. So I was like, fuck it. I'm done. I mean, in fairness, you had, what, 30 or 40 publishers that turned down J.K. Rowling before somebody gave her the Harry Potter contract? Fairness, they should have. But that's a different story. Right. <laughs> We're all still but, very hurt. Oh, absolutely. And authors go through that a lot. Everything that I've ever really read, like authors, authors tend yeah. to get tons and tons of rejections. Yeah, it's always by a fluke that they finally get someone. Yeah. And the struggle shouldn't be that that real. It should not like they should not do that to people that can potentially that make them sure. money as well. And and like you said though, the problem is if you don't if you don't fit what the public's after at that point in time, or if you're not something that will make them money, or you're willing to adapt to what they want, you're not you're not going to get anywhere. Right. I wasn't willing to change my story to what they wanted, 
it wasn't going kind of, anywhere. It's very much like when movies get made, um, they get studios turn them down, turn them down. Some indie film comes along, it becomes huge, and then suddenly every studio on the planet is making a replica of it. Exactly. Yeah, you can see the same trend with movies as you can with um, right books. Because you know, oh, it really is popular now. We'll now we'll and at that point it'd be like, listen, you didn't want it when it wasn't. So mm, right. find that person. Yeah. Yeah, the same. Yeah, I was, I'm sorry, I wandered away. I was listening because I had my earphones in, but it was the same thing. I was just trying to find <clears throat> the copy of her book I have, but her name's <clears throat> Margaret. Anyway, everyone knows her for The Handmaid's Tale. That's yeah. the one everyone knows um, because of the series that was released in the book. But I have her book before that that was self-published that no one wanted. Like, she wrote lots of shit before Handmaid's Tale that no one bought um, that were good books. I mean, I could read them. I also liked them more because they were smaller. Handmaid's Tale was fucking hard to read. Um, so I think there's something to be said about, like, just because a big publisher is like, well, I want you to do it this way doesn't necessarily mean that's even going to be a good way to do it. So I think one of my biggest questions coming from Coming from reading it, um, if you if you will indulge, and if you don't, I'm not upset. But one of my biggest complaints to you has to indulge. <laughs> one of my biggest complaints, as you know, was the lack of character description because I wanted to visualize. Now we talked about are this. are these characters based one on any real people that you've ever met? Were you inspired by them? And two. I know, I know, because you and I had this conversation. But for the for the listeners, will you explain the reasons why you don't give the characters visual descriptions? Right. Um, one to answer the first part: No, they're not. They're not inspired by any real people. They're just me. It's all about me. It's actually about a cisgendered straight white girl and her misguided. Be- no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Carry on. Yeah. Um, I won't know. Would you consider Cat completely straight? I'm pretty sure that there's weird colors in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mostly, now continuing on. Mostly in her hair. Um. No. If anything, if anything, Rourke somehow manifested like parts of me are in Rourke somewhere, and that wasn't entirely done on purpose. It just kind of happened that way as the character developed. Um. But that that wasn't intentional. That was just a thing that that happened as the character developed. Um. But the reason I don't give more than like real basic things beyond like hair color eye color and like skin tone which i even just do real basic is because i want the readers to be able to imagine the character as they 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 see them um like i i do like i said i do give basic descriptions like sammy is your your typical blonde and blue haired kid um i say kid he's not a kid he's 21 but that's okay um, but I do that. A young adult or a new adult? Yeah, yeah, he's he's a young adult. Um, because the other thing I do is I make sure that all of my characters are at least eighteen, if not older, because you know I'm not gonna write. Okay. Right, I am not gonna write. I do write children. I do have some kids in the book, but anybody that I'm gonna put into any type of relationship and or sexual content is going to be of consenting age. Like I am not. Not gonna do that. No. Um, 
No coming of age smut. Sorry, everyone. You'll have no, to. No, there's find not going to be anything of that. Play. Yeah. No. Everything's going to be, everybody's going to be at least 18, if not older. Um, so, anyways, I, I do that so that the reader can form a, a, an appearance of the character themselves. Um, because I mean, yeah, it's it's nice to have the basic stuff. So you, yeah, okay, Sammy's blonde-haired, blue-eyed. Okay, cool. Like that's that's enough of a description for you to get an idea of what he looks like. But you can then kind of develop in a, a picture of what he looks like on your own. So he he kind of manifests in your in your head on your own. Like I, I appreciate people that will write out and be like, oh yeah, you know, he had his nose broken once, so it's kind of crooked in, in, in this and that and the other thing. And you know, he's got this missing part of his left eyebrow from where, you know, he, he had this accident when he was little little and it never healed right. And you know, now this this the part of his eyebrow doesn't grow back. And you know, like I appreciate authors that do that, but I also appreciate authors that leave those kind of details vague so you can imagine what the character looks like on your own. And I tend to write that way. I just I always have. I leave I leave a lot of details out unless they're actually predominant to the story like if i mention a detail it's because it's important if i don't mention a detail it's not that it's not important it's just it's something that i want the readers to imagine on their own it almost kind of allows space for the person to insert themselves in a character if they get attached to it which was kind of the purpose of releasing books in this specific category anyway yeah it does remove the you know when you even like as a, I'm going to use the example of as a girl because that's what I am. More details you can add, especially I think I don't know. Let me check. Um, I'm just kidding. Richard made a face. Um, the more details you add, the harder it became to not compare and contrast myself to the character. Um, all the all the girls in these books I'm reading about are skinny and have long hair. And, you know, fill in the blank of whatever imagery that I was not matching and it adds to either insecurity or character conflict. And it kind of removes that whole space, especially if your readers are within that age group. Right. Yeah. And, and that's that's one of the other reasons I do it, too. Like, especially given the context of the of the books themselves, because, I mean, Sam, Sammy is is bisexual like that's he mentions that like within the first couple chapters that's always apparent that's one of one of the things that makes sammy sammy um and we don't ever really get the word asexual dropped in the books because rourke and his whole culture doesn't have that word but yeah he totally is um and not having all that really defined detail besides you know like hair and eye color and you know like just other little tidbits of information here and there allows the reader to kind of drop into the character. I mean, yeah, I kind of, I do define them as, you know, they, they do have their specific sex in of, you know, like the, they're, the, I refer to them as the boys, like they're both male. Um, and I do define that within the stories, but it's also really easier, easy to, you know, like for a female character to, kind of drop or a female reader to kind of drop into that that role and be like okay oh well, i could easily you know drop into a character, character and, and 
I can associate as as Rourke's character or Sammy's character because you know, like I do identify as asexual or I do identify as bisexual, and like I can see where this character is coming from, you know. And that's also another reason why I do it because it's easier to kind of put yourself in that perspective as well. So it's just just a way to identify with the characters and kind of put yourself there as well. Now I know we haven't really talked about the plot line yet, but um, you know, at, at, right at the right off of the bat, Sammy ends up entering a fantasy world very similar to, say, Narnia or Alice Through the Looking Glass. There was tones of, and um, honestly, and, and of course, there was the whole real world conflicts that that was going on when that happens. Um. All stuff that's conveniently left out on your Amazon description, because you look up the Amazon description and it's like, okay, I read that, but that's like picking up, you know, as as you're getting away from the beginning. So, um, like, where are these based on other fantasy worlds? Did you deliberately include those elements, or yeah, is there a tribute to a book that you love? I'm, I, I haven't, I didn't see any hints of the last unicorn, which I was kind of, which I was kind of hoping there would be. Um, but just curious, what, what made you want to write this genre? What fascinates you about it? And what were your inspirations? I mean, I've always Teller's loved... secretly a dragon in her brain. It's what? Teller's secretly a dragon in her brain. I am. I hoard notebooks and pens. That's my hoard. Notebooks and pens. Um, n- yes and no for inspiration. Um, ironically enough, inspiration for this entire thing came from me sitting at the boys football practice at dusk that's where this entire thing came from that that twilighty time where you can still see but the sun's already set and you really can't see at the same time like that's where inspiration for this entire thing came from was a real world's i was sitting there waiting for the boys to finish up practice that's where it all came from um, everything fantasy that I've ever read is in there, but not at the same time. Um, so like not a specific callback you could think of, but that's because fantasy yes. has always been your genre. So. Yeah, I've all I've always done fantasy. So the only real specific callback that's in there is I have a character named Molly that is as a complete pull from the last unicorn, like. Her her name is Molly because that is that is my call from the last unicorn of Molly Grew because Molly is my it's favorite. Your own to that fantasy. That, world. Yeah, Molly Molly is Molly because of Molly from the last unicorn. Yes. Um, but no, I have heard you mention the last unicorn yeah. as something prevalent. Um, yeah, I because when I, you're watching her, because you guys can't see this, she has a last unicorn poster that's very upfront. Yeah. It's a lithograph, actually. Yeah, it's a it's a lithograph, and you can't see it from this far away, but when you get up close and personal to it, it's actually the entire book, line for line, word for word, that makes up the poster. Yep, it's it's a That's it's cool. a full blown poster of, of the last unicorn. Um, Did you get that at the meet and greet we attended? No, I didn't. I bought that. I bought that separately from somewhere else. Um but no, every I everything I tried really, really hard to to create everything on my own. Um, you don't really see it in the first book, but there is magic in the world. 
Um, it's it's very very earth based. It's very very monotone. You don't really see it till you meet some of the characters in the next book. Um, it, it's it's not like in your face magic like Harry Potter. It's it's it is more like. What? It felt more like Narnia to me when yeah, when they're when they're going into the forest and not sure what's happening, and then eventually they that leads to Mister Tumnus. It's got that very that that kind of feel to it. Yeah, and and that's that's where I was going. It's it's got that more like natural based earth earth magic like um with hints of the Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, like Rourke Rourke actually Rourke in, in all of all of the his part of of the culture. Um, has some of the magic in them as well, but it doesn't ever actually, it doesn't manifest the same way as it does for like the shamans in that part of their culture, which you see more in the second book. Um, when you meet Lysha, um, but yeah, Rourke's, Rourke's got it too. Just not, it doesn't manifest the same way. Uh, you say that the first book is mostly establishing Rurik and Sammy's set up in general and yeah, i would say there's there's several layers to this story the the story is as much about rourke and sammy and their relationship as it is figuring out what's going on with the wolves and the mist walkers it's it's simultaneously two separate stories as it is one story like it's it's you need one with does it take you to other. meet those two groups though Oh, you meet them. You meet them at the same time. As soon as Sammy gets pulled through his mirror, you meet them because the wolves are there trying to kill Sammy, and Rourke shows up. Like, like they're, they they meet instantaneously. Like things where it, in, information dumps on you, and then you get the rest of the book to explain. Yeah, I don't ever just ensued. I don't ever really fully information dump anything on you. I think except for one point in the beginning of the second book when um Alina, who you meet in the in the beginning of the second book, um dumps some background information on you about how the order of the watchers, which you actually I don't even think I actually fully dropped the order of the watchers on you. Like that that name on you. I think I only ever refer to it as the order. Um but the order of the watchers comes to be and, and the order of the watchers is what Rourke and Alina are a part of. And that has to do with um, the wardens and the guardians, which is what Rourke and Alina and um, Atheus and lore are all a part of. And you'll, you, if you've read the first book, then, then you understand a little bit of what Atheus and um, Rourke are, are a part of. Um, and then Laura and Alina come in in the second book, which I don't want to talk too much about Laura and Alina, but Laura and Alina are great. I love them so much. <laughs> on pre-order, go get it. It's not fully up yet. Like, um, I just set all the pre-order stuff up the other day, so it's still coming in on some of the sites. <laughs> but it's up on Barnes and Noble and Apple and. Hold on, let me let me swap tabs so I can tell you. Yeah, tell the list. Give the list. Give the list. Well, it's up everywhere. It's on Amazon and Apple, Baker and Taylor, Barnes and Noble, 
Biblio, I don't even know what that one is. Um, Warrobox, Hoopla, Kobo, Four Drive, Scribd, um, Biblio. I'm not sure what Biblio is. That's where Cast is. And then right now, um, Last City is on the Last City of Light is on Apple, Baker and Taylor, Barnes and Noble, um, Borrowbox, and Kubo. Um, so some of them are it's still coming up on Amazon. It hasn't come up on Amazon yet. Um but the pre it's still working on the pre-orders. The release date is actually September 1st. Um So, still time. Still working on it. But yeah, no, so the, the first book literally just follows Rourke and Sammy in their meeting, their building of their relationship, the the differences between their two cultures, and how they form their relationship. It, it's, it's really fun. It's really... It's a lot of fun to write, honestly, because... Um, Rourke has no Rourke has no concept of time in the way we understand it. Like he doesn't understand what the word time means, like the time the word time itself. Um mm. the world that he lives in doesn't have a sun. It's all based off of thermic energy. So like volcano or not, yeah, thermic, yeah, volcanoes and all that fun stuff. So it's dark all the time, which is really fun. Um because I've I've had to develop an entire ecosystem of animals and plants and everything that lives basically in a world of darkness, which is a lot of fun. Um, is there no moon either? Nope, no sun, no moon. Just black all the time. Okay, it's dark all the time. Yep. Which also plays That's into their trip. culture. Yep. Which also plays into their culture, and I don't ever specifically say it, but Rourke's entire entire people can actually see in the dark. Um. I don't ever specifically say it, but I, I do reference it quite a lot. Like, Rourke will be able to, like, Rourke will say, or, like, do things, and then so I have to reference say, be able to do and respond to his environment in ways yeah, that... Yeah, and he'll, I'll say things about how Rourke can see Sammy doing something, and then I'll go back to Sammy's point of view, and Sammy can't do the same things, because Rourke can see in the dark, and Sammy can't. Um, anyways. So... It's it's fun to like it's it's been fun, but anyways, Sam Rourke doesn't understand Sammy when he says things like, oh, you know, what time of day is it or stuff like that. So having to work through their their conversations like that has been fun. And also is it's a lot of fun too to write their conversations. And if you as you go through the books, you watch Sammy go from referencing time pretty regularly to not at all and that was a fun thing for me to write because in the first book especially and then through the second book and then into the third book sammy goes from referencing and talking about time and day and everything like that quite a lot to pretty much not at all but at the same time rourke starts picking things up like Rourke will start saying things that are from what we know from our world. Like Rourke starts saying good morning to Sammy 
which is something that he picks up from Sammy. You know, that, like it's, that, it's like, like people getting an accent when they live around people too long. But they start yeah. they start adapting one another's culture, yeah. which is a whole thing. Like it's it's really interesting to watch the blend that I've come up with between the two of them. Yeah. So okay, I just have just a lot of fun with it. Personal perspective. Like there's a lot to say about relationship growth and what that means and having to adjust. Your perspective in this case, you used an entire world as a, as a bouncing off point. For most people, it's just like your opinions or how you were raised or something. But this needing to adjust is solely off the caring of this person. You don't have to learn to adjust to this world. You can go fuck off if you want to. But because of their interaction with each other and their want to continue to interact with each other, they start to adapt and adjust how they function and react with each other into the world. Um, I, like you've mentioned with this, there's not a lot of books, especially romantic based books where people can read about that happening with relationships they relate to. There's yeah. a lot of books for me out there, like some hot dude whisking some skinny girl away as a sparkly vampire was the most popular one, I believe. <laughs> and that's, and that's the thing. It is, romance-based and it's about communication and establishing the relationship and just being like partners and being like together and communicating and being on the same page and like being a couple and not having some sort of power trip in one over the other and like it's about being in a relationship with one another and like they have their moments, but that's what it's about. It would be weird if they didn't. Like if you established a couple that never fought over anything and were literally from two different worlds, I would accuse you of being Walt Disney. Yeah. Like, well, what are you? That's just not real. Why are you making unattainable relationship goals for people? You're so mean. Oh, you're so, like people fight, people disagree, people come from different worlds and different backgrounds and different experiences. Yeah. So those are important. The birds agree too, but I moved them into another room so you can't hear them. Yeah, I hear them. Yeah, I've noticed they were really quiet. Yeah. I like to use them in case there's carbon poisoning in my house. Yeah. So what version of you, so the readers know what they're getting into, do you want to give them your summary of the story so that you oh, give yeah. out the information you want them to have so that they are left on a hook that says, Hey, maybe I should read that and see what happens. Cause they're getting, my, they're getting hints of it. My summary of the oh, story. My bladder animal. Oh my God. Well, I can tell you the Amazon summary sucks. <laughs> well, thanks. Sorry. I'm not, Did you write it? Yeah. I have to do all of this stuff on my own. So thanks. Sorry. I don't have anybody that does no. any stuff. I thought it was the Amazon that did it. No, it's me that does it. So thank I mean, you. it's fantastic. You have truly lived up to I was just after reading it and I'm looking at it, it's like there's so much different I would have described it. So that's why I asked. It was like you describe it in your own words. It's probably weird to sell your book. Like it's there's it is. there's yeah. an artist and there's people who are good at marketing, and usually they're not the same. No, I'm not good at marketing. Right. One of the whole reasons I wanted to be a writer was so that I didn't have to do the marketing. 
<laughs> I want to be able to sit in my room and have people bring me food so I don't have to talk to people. One of the things they don't tell you about being an indie author is that you have to do all of it on your own. I collect marketing, so I get it. I understand. Oh I love marketing. <laughs> marketing fascinates die. me. I I, I kind of love it. So never mind. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's actually maybe a more interesting way to Richard. How would you market this book if you were going to tell someone to read this and why? Dude, he took his headset off. Oh, I have the microphone. You will listen to everything I have to say. God That's not it. fair. Put the microphone back on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I missed, but wow. I, I may have uh, forgotten to take medicine this morning, so I, I, I reached over and asked my husband if he would go downstairs and get it, because um, at this point, I'm uh, two hours late. Yeah, I took mine. This should remind me. I did check. Did I take mine? Yes, I did. <laughs> everybody's like, med check. Wait, hold on. I mean, oh, mine's hold a blood on. thinner, so I kind of need it. <laughs> yeah. probably do that. It's like important. Well, I got to take, take a picture. I'm going to send you guys a picture. <laughs> And we, we were starting to talk, and something suddenly reminded me I hadn't taken my pill. And I was like, oops. <laughs> my ever-present psychosis. <laughs> so what did I miss that you were lecturing me about? The, hey! Be <laughs> <laughs> nice, I can take off my headset. <laughs> I asked how you would describe the book. Like, if you were going to market my book, how would you... Set it up so you're, that you're yeah. ready to buy it since you've read it. Um, um, kid gets sucked into it. I, I would, I would go very different. Like I would start off where oh, kids get sucked into a start. into a fantasy realm. The problem is, is I haven't gotten to the end part of the second story yet, so I don't really know how it's going to end. You do. <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> well, and you just have to wait a minute. The first what <laughs> you're going to write a summary paragraph about the important parts of the story that you think people should pay attention to. If I was going to say a summary, um, uh, a kid gets magically transported into another world and meets up with a mysterious boy who is looking for a lost city. I I wouldn't say it. it it's a kid and boy magically. It's very traumatic, honestly. Violently gets ripped into. Violently, yeah. I don't want to say that either. <laughs> it is... It's violent and dramatic. I mean, it's not every day you're that you're happens. sucked into a mirror. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. When your reflection breaks out of the mirror and attacks you. Yeah, I mean, come on. I'm very proud of that scene, by the way. Like that scene is almost exactly the way I wrote it. From like first draft, what I initially wrote. Okay, I've also been working on this since 2013. So when I initially wrote that draft of that scene in 2013 to how it is in Cast into Twilight now, very little of that scene has changed. It's excellent. It's oh. it's a really it it's it, it's it's a, it, it pulls you in. I love that scene. I I am so proud of that scene. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorites. Like, so much in that book has changed. And it's almost one of the first scenes you get when you're reading the book, too. Yeah. So it really does. It, it grabs your attention. But I also didn't want to focus on it so that if I gave a brief summary, somebody would be like, oh, this is super cool. This is interesting. You know, and then, like, wow. You know, and just give them that wow factor. Because you kind of set your bar high with it. <laughs> I do. 
You get other scenes like that, though. And see, that's the thing. I, it's you do because you have the the tense one uh, with the cave and the and the creatures and the and it's it, it gets tense because you don't know what's going on and you only know what they're seeing, and so in your own mind you're trying to rationalize it, but at the same point you have no clue either. <laughs> so because you're really gone from the our world our world vis- visual versus Rourke's world visual. So you have no clue what's going on, and he's the only character that knows, and he's not really talking. He's actioning. He's not describing. No, he's very he's very action-based. He's not a very he talkative super character. super is. Yeah, no, he's not. And he's not ever a real talkative character. He gets more talkative with Sammy, but he's never a real talkative character. He's he's more do and, and, and talk. Um, but yeah, I I write in in third person limited, which means that I write from the character's point of view, and we only know what's going on from that character's point of view. And I pretty much focus on Rourke and Sammy. Um, so we only really know what's going on from their perspectives and what other characters are telling them. So yeah, we I mean, we don't know what's going on. I know what's going on sometimes. And you know that there's other people from our world that have been there. Yeah. Because and all around cuz Molly's from our world. But you have you don't like there's so much it's interesting and it's frustrating at the same time, which makes no sense. You're welcome. <laughs> that was the plan. And and it's and it's interesting too because you also have characters. I mean, you have characters like Sammy, who first gets in there, and we kind of follow along with Sammy. Sammy is our our link from our world to Rourke's world, who's been there. We get there at with at the same time with Sammy. Sammy and and the reader kind of journey through at the same time. So like we we learn about Rourke's world with Sammy and Rourke at the same time. But then you have characters like Molly who've been there for a while so, so here's the question does sammy ever make his way back into our no. reality no once you've gotten into works reality there's no going back i mean you've you've oh, yeah. hinted at that but i thought it might be wrong because even okay. there was a way out of oz nope. so that's why no i was like back. if there's a way in there should be a way out no there's not i'll tell you that right up now it's a one-way door that's one-way- upsetting Yep. So, okay, so just from hearing description, I want to expose to everyone that I have not read this book. I'm not an avid reader, and it takes a lot to get me to read a book. However, I'm a great bullshitter. All right, bullshit That's for what me. I've got. Oh, dear. And Sammy is ripped mm-hmm. unexpectedly through his mirror into a thermally heated, lightless world. Rur- Rurik is forced to adapt his solitary ways and lifestyle and help Sammy integrate this new that's all I got. I like that. That one's good. Where'd you get that from? She's just My brain, bitch. She's no, just she just read it. Did you read the description of the other book? No, she's just bullshitting it. I like it. Totally. Okay. Bad reader. Good. Okay, that's it. You're writing my descriptions from now on. Just have to finish it. <laughs> that is. I also have to say though, this is from like. Listening very closely. And now I want to read the book. I have to read it. I've also been encouraged by the fact that this is not. So one of the things that caused me as a kid to miss out on the freaking Harry Potter craze was 
mass overwhelming size of those books being released. And even though there were wasn't four kids, the first one was not. They were not for people who were not avid readers or had serious anxieties around reading. Yeah. Lots of made up words. It's a big ass book. And the saga was long. It was really intimidating. So, let me let me tell you this then. I I make sure that even even though I am writing what I consider, you know, more grown-up content. In the sense of like, yes, my characters are 18 or older. Yes, I am working with relationship. Yes, I do delve more on to eventually like I do delve into the more like adult content with their relationship. Um, I don't use big words. I don't get into a lot of fancy stuff. I think the biggest word I use at one point is prehensile. And that's when I'm talking about one of the critters in the book. Like, I, I keep it simple. I keep it toned down. I keep it to pretty much everyday words because I know not everybody is walking into this with, you know, a high reading level, and I want as many people as a, as possible to enjoy this. It, it reads like a young adult book. It, yeah. it really does read like a young adult book. So if you pick up, it's on the same level as with, like the Oz books or Narnia or, you know, anybody can pick them up and read them. It's not, it's not Tolkien where you have a really frustrating time with it and you throw the book away and you don't go back to it for 15 years. To appreciate because I had to revisit later as an adult because it was a difficult read. And a lot of people will look at me and say, but I read it as a kid. That wasn't hard at all. I understand that for you, but for someone who's already not a great reader, Okay, I was in advanced reading, and that book was difficult for me. I read Thank it as you. a kid. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> but did you? Yes, I understood it and I comprehended it, but I'm an exception to the rule. Okay, like you also read Shakespeare. I do actually. I, I read Shakespeare. I do. I'm gonna. I've been thinking about picking up Othello because I'm bored and want to read it again for fun. I have a copy. You could probably borrow it. I have a copy. Are you insane? I have a right here. I like have you oh, told you have it? I haven't read it. I have it. It's one of my favorites. Do everyone out there, by the way, I would like a leather copy of Utopia if anyone loves me enough and wants me to things out there. A leather the copy of Utopia. Yes, I would like the small oh. leather copy of Utopia. Oh, also, hang hang on, Kat. If you pull no. out that book, I'm going to fucking quit no, the no, podcast no. right now. I don't have one. I'll walk off. You better the fuck not! I'm Googling to see if there's a leather... Oh, there's a leather copy. Oh, this yeah, book. they're available. I just haven't... Ah! That is the one I have! No, it's not. Oh, it's not. That's no. the one I have. That. That's, that's the, the one. Yeah, that's the actual one. With yeah. Shiny cover. I have, yeah, I have the book. I have, I have, a, I have an extra copy of it that I can, that I, I can, can have to read. I yes. Yeah, I can send you. Because I will, under family circumstances, I will have time to read books. And I think the last one I was, what am I reading right now? Past Super week? awesome because once you finish it, it has multiple other purposes: dartboard material, you know, coffee cup holder. Got a rickety table. It works really good for that. <laughs> <laughs> I can make fun of it. I wrote it. <laughs> it's mine to tear apart. <laughs>
oh, in front of my face. If it, if it Where did she go? What is she doing? Can't you hear me? No, I could hear you ranting. Yeah. Okay. So that is what I'm reading right now. I had to just, I just what didn't want to misname what I am passively reading what right are we now. Doing? We're talking about this. What do you want? No. Are you going to talk about this one? Yeah. This one. Yeah. Yeah. What about it? Good book. You haven't read it yet. No, can I read it? I didn't hear you, bullshitter. There's only Stop. one bullshitter on this podcast. Tis ah. me. Riddick just came hey, in here. What do you want? I. What do you want? Riddick, what's up, yo? I'm number two. He's number two. What do you want? What do you want? You don't even know. Yes, you can guess in a in an episode. Yes, we plan on bringing you in. When you say leather, do you mean you want it actually in leather, or do you want just a yes. hardcover? No, like I want the leather cover copy of Utopia. What do you mean? Preferably the white one, but I pretty. That's the one I'm looking at, actually. Is but it's it? not leather, I don't think. Here, take a peek. Oh, Sorry, guys. That's a... This may or may not be cut out of the podcast later. Who knows? <laughs> Anything could happen. Did you get the link? In general. It's in the general chat? Okay. Yeah. Oh, great. I'm going to look at it. Click, click. When I didn't even have it. That's amazing. I don't leave the page. It's yeah. fine. Okay. Like, Bruh. Oh, Riddick is apparently trying to help her when he didn't have to. He's just <laughs> sucking up because he ran away. Really? really? You're going to play these jokes on a... Okay, goodbye, Riddick! No. <laughs> I mean to oh. him. Everybody's mean to Riddick. That's, that's... I'm glad you helped, though. I'm not, I'm not mean to Riddick, but I'm not mean to anyone to their face. Okay. Bye! Well, I'm glad you helped. We'll figure it out later. Is that the one? No, that one's too new. There is actually, and I honestly, I don't even know if it was available because it would be. Uh, 1963 is not what I would consider new. Are you going out, Athena, or are you staying in here? Oh, BB's going out with you. Come on, BB. Oh, my God. Anyways, apparently now we're getting interrupted again. Oh, they're leaving now. Coming and going, coming and going. So we haven't really talked about the second book at all. We keep talking about the first one. Well, I haven't <laughs> read the second one, so let, what is the in coming up in the second one? Let's give us a preview. What's coming up in the second one? Um, the boys. We end. Okay, so the second one literally picks up where the second one, where the first one leaves off. So the first one leaves off where the the boys make it to the city. Spoilers. Because um, <laughs> we knew that. There's, there's, there's no like super bad cliffhangers in the first one. Um, the boys make it to the city and like literally the first one ends, you take a deep breath, the second one starts. Like literally that's how it is. Um, so the second one is about being in, in, in the last city. It's It's about getting there it's about establishing well, they make it yeah no they do they do make it yep there's there's no there's no crazy crazy oh my god i mean they do have some crazy things i mean the first book kind of the first book is about sammy in the sense of it's about sam getting there it's about sammy 
figuring out who he is. It's about Sammy establishing his place in in, in Rourke's life, establishing his place in Rourke's world, kind of figuring out who he is in Rourke's world. Um, the second book's about Rourke. Um, okay, so that's where you would get to know Rourke. Yeah, you in learn more about Rourke and Rourke's place in his in his own culture. Um, we learn more about Rourke and his likes and dislikes and his his um and and like their relationship. We we learn more about their places within their own relationship. Um, we learn more about his his culture and his place within it and his want to not be in it, which is mentioned in the first book when he has his conversation with Atheists about um, not wanting to be in the Order anymore, and they talk about the Illuminari, and um, um, it's weird to say these words out loud, I'm not gonna lie. I say that, I'm, <laughs> that's why I paused, because I was like, wait, I've never actually said that word out loud before, now that I think about it. Um, um, and, and and it's found it. I sent it back in the general chat. It's it's establishing. It's, it's establishing that sort of thing. Like they go through, they go through all the first few chapters. Um, are are really crazy because it's just a whirlwind of moving from one place to another within the city. And then, you know, they finally do settle down, but things still, things are still crazy. Cause it's just, it's a mess. Um, and I feel like it, I should put for the first blurb for the first book blurb, just from you telling me that the second book is really where you learn about Rourke. Will he learn to communicate should be a sentence in there for a precursor to the next one. <laughs> yes. Um, and yes, yes, he does. Um, Can he talk about his feelings to Sammy? Find out next time. They, they do. And, and they, they do in the first book. Like, Rourke's the one that tells Sammy that, like, in the first book that, you know, it's okay to have emotions and to, like, cry it out, you know. Um okay. And and they they do they do talk about about shit and they also kind of like get into their Tina shedding all over everything. <laughs> I just saw her rub all of herself all over you. <laughs> um, just walk away like there you go. He yeah. really likes her characters. Yeah. Um. They also have like their first big fight in this book. Um. Because Rourke ends up like officially joining the Illuminari and you know, kind of gets voluntold he's going to do something after he tells Sammy that he's going to go talk to, like, what is essentially his new boss, and he goes to talk to his, his boss about this, and she's like, oh, good, you're here. Guess what? You're going. And Sammy finds out via other avenues that Rourke's got to do this thing, and everybody's under the impression that Rourke and Sammy talked about it, and Sammy's okay with it. And Sammy's and Rourke hadn't talked about it yet. And Rourke's upset about it because he hadn't talked to Sammy and said he would. And Sammy's upset because Rourke went behind his back and did the thing. Found out through the grapevine, which is very, again, these are like very 
very reasonable tropes you would use in relationship novels that don't get to be used in any other situation but the the straight relationship trope. Right. Especially with Sammy being fantasy and an alternate relationship is a very cool thing. Right. And what were you say? Plus the fact that Sammy is in a world that's not his works the only one that he really knows. So right. he's, he's got Alina and Lore and 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 Lau at this point. Lau's actually the one that he he finds finds this out from. Um, Lau's another character we're introduced to in in the second book. Um, Just realized your book is fantasy is like much deeper fantasy, fantasy ninety day fiance. Yeah, it's, it came from a different world, a different country. Kind of yeah. in a relationship. It, yeah, I mean, they, they, it isn't. It isn't. They they kind of work up to it, and and it's weird because of the different cultures. They kind of bumble their way through asking each other out, and it's really stupid and really sweet Aww, and really romantic. So and, um, but yeah, they're they're a bunch of idiots. Anyway, continue. No, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say so j- just to let you know too the dynamic that is here. If you go up and you look up an older TV show called Spellbinder and Spellbinder Land of the Dragon Lord, it's about a kid that gets sucked into a parallel universe. And um, you might find some of the aspects interesting and gives you maybe some ideas too, because it's pretty fascinating to watch. And it's strikingly similar to what you have going on. Come on, I've tried so hard to make this like original and now you're ruining it it it, it is original (laughs) i I mean paul gets back to his own world at the end for starters and and you put them into a different world where he's in a parallel world so everything lines up exactly with ours but it's literally like basically jumping back 15 centuries so you have differences but they're strong resemblances to Spellbinder and hearing where it's going has made me connect it more than when I first read book one. It's not going where you think it's going. I, I, t- there's no way to get back. Sammy is very content on where he is. He he and Rourke are are they're 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 a thing that's that's staying where it is. Um anyways so Sammy, Sammy gets pissed because he's not mad at Lau. He's mad that Rourke went behind his back. So he goes up into their their room where they they actually end up staying, um, and like it's just he's pissed off. He like comes through the door and is just super fucking angry. And Rourke doesn't understand why Sammy's angry, and Sammy thinks Rourke is being an ass because he's like playing this off like it's no big deal. And they kind of get into it a little bit. And then finally Rourke's like, wait a second. Like, you're pissed off. I don't understand why you're pissed off. Why are you being like, why are you being like this? And Sammy's finally like, because you fucking went and did this behind my back. And Rourke's like, what are you talking about? I didn't go and do anything. Like, I was told I have to go. And Sammy's like, what do you mean you were told you have to go? So then they like finally talk it out. But like, they, they, there's this whole scene where they're just like pissed at one another, or Sammy's pissed at Rourke, and Rourke's like, "I don't understand what's wrong." Like, I want to confuse why feelings yeah. make. 
Right, like, I don't understand what I did wrong. Why are you mad at me? Like, Sammy's still pissed, but he's not mad at Rourke anymore. He's, like, mad at the situation. And, Sam well, and like... I mean, I would argue that even if you were voluntold, you still have to voluntell me. But Rourke hadn't had a chance to see Sammy yet. And that's part of the problem, too. Okay, like, so there Rourke, was an experience. Rourke went back to their room waiting for Sammy to come back so he could tell Sammy. But because of the grapevine... Sammy had already found out. Sammy had already found out. So when he, Sammy comes back to the room, Rourke's like, great, you're here, let's talk about it, this is what happened. And Sammy's like, fuck you, fight me, why didn't you tell me, why did you do like, this? I am already in fight mode. Right, I am already pissed off. I think me and Sammy might have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> I feel like we would be good friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you might. You know, but there's there's all <laughs> there's there's things too, like Rourke Rourke's like a really big animal person, but he tries not to let it show because you know he's he's got this, you know, self-imposed big bad like person like like personality he's the fruit basket with the cats where he hates the cats but the cats all come to him and they're all cute and they're fluffy he really, and he hates it he really does hate hate the umbra like he really does he really doesn't like them his his exception there's there's one exception to the rule and and that's solar um who you meet in the second in the second book um I feel like we're missing a lot of characters still <laughs> You know, the characters that you meet in the second book. Like, you get Luna in the first book. That's their pet cat. Um, right. And then there's a lot of characters that we meet in the second book that become, like... But a pet cat is not people. <laughs> she is. She's a main character. Luna she is. is character. But it's still not the same as interacting with a Taylor person. Mark doesn't do people. Neither does Keller. <laughs> um, but even Rourke doesn't like Luna at first, and that that kind of becomes a thing too, because Rourke is like, "No, Sammy, you can't have the pet wild creature." And Sammy's like, "Sammy does get the wet the pet wild creature," and Rourke's like, "Fine, you can have the pet wild creature." And then they get into the city, and yeah, and then they get into the city, and then. Rourke is like, no, Sammy, you can't have the pet Umbra. And Sammy's like, but I can't have the pet Umbra. And Rourke's like, fine, you can have the pet Umbra. So I like, already <laughs> named it. Right, pretty much. He's like, but I already have a name for it. And they're like, fine. Right, you know, so it's, like it's, it's, it's repetitive. Sammy wants a pet. Rourke, no, Sammy, you can't have the pet. But Sammy gets the pet. Like, <laughs> well, that just sounds like my marriage currently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but no, we're never getting a cat. But I really might like a cat. No, we can't have a cat. But I found a cat on the internet. Look, it needs a home. I brought home the cat. It's in the first book. Rourke, can we have a pet cat? Oh, we can't have a pet cat. But I have a cat. Look, it's in the tree. I just like. Okay, I guess we have a pet cat now. Like. <laughs> That's how we got the corgis. <laughs> how they got the corgis. Yeah, that is how they got the corgis. Well, all great pets are attained. No, you yeah. can't have that. But I already brought it home. We'll give you guys a little bit of um thinky thinky pieces, thinky bits. Um I don't leave I, like I, I don't leave open plot holes. And I do give you little bits of things to think about. So if you see an open 
what you think is an open plot hole, it's not. I promise I will circle back to it. It's left there and intentionally? It's left there intentionally. Yep. Yep, yep. It's left there intentionally. I will be taking over all her uh, future descriptors and preambles. So no you think you see something that looks a little weird? It's probably put there on purpose. Face there, like a little nugget. Hmm. A little butt nugget. There's a big you one. Chicken nugget with sweet and sour sauce. There's a big one in the first book that has to do with Luna. It doesn't have to, it doesn't revolve around Luna specifically, but it has to do with a conversation about Luna. I twitch. <laughs> I think I probably should go back and reread because now I'm not looking for hidden conversations. Although they're not hidden conversations. This conversation is plain as fucking day. If you think it holds reread value? Would you go read it again and find more shit? Read it all the time. <laughs> I mean, like, the I read it through one. didn't write it. Uh, I opened up the third book last night and was rereading it. And I do have the desire to read the second, so I know that that's pos positive. I don't take a lot of my time out for reading, and I have this weakness of not remembering fantasy names and places and stuff like that. So if you if you name something, I mean, I had to read fifteen Oz books before I could really start remembering places in Oz. Well, there's, so there's three things to remember: Rourke, Sammy, Boshkara. Hey, come on, how hard is that? No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I, in general, when it comes to books, I don't, I don't like, okay, I don't even remember people's names, so it's bad. So I'll be like, it's this character and this character. So I know their names Sammy and Rourke, but then I will mess it up and be like, no, we went this way. No, we went that way. <laughs> the scene in the cave, I know Rourke goes outside with the rain. Sammy stays inside. Yes. Um so, like, I'm starting to get that down a little bit, but I do, like, I would say it's got reread re value, but I don't generally take time out of my schedule anymore to read, but I used to be, up until 25, a, a bookaholic, I had books with me all the time, and then, you know, I got more and more into television and into movies, and the books kind of went by the wayside, so... um you know, I definitely would say it is. It has rewatch, rewatch, re rewatch <laughs> value. Value. <laughs> we know where Richard says says a lot, though. To be like, yes, there is things I would, I could reread this again. More so since we were talking about it, because now I read this December. Yeah, you read it a while ago. November, December. So now I've had a lot of time and a lot of occurrences that have taken place back, and then I'm like, oh, like because like. The, the conversation around the kitty cat, I don't seem to remember um, all that well, but there are some vivid scenes that stand out. Yeah. Like the scene in the cave when they're being, and they're being attacked outside. Like that's there. So it's, it's funky. So I'd say I, a reread is warranted, but I know that I was looking forward to figuring out more of the story. Um, so I, now the book two is out, I should probably reread number one before reading book two. Because I can just stream them together. That's a movie rule too. When the next movie yeah. comes out, you gotta yeah. watch the last one too. And by the end of it, you have to watch five movies to watch. It, it was a fun read that I did at work during downtime. So it was it was a nice way to fill in some of that that really slow period too. And it was it was decent. It's I'm trying to find a reasonable sized book, you could read it in like 
something like yeah, that. Yeah. Book not- is the book is bigger, but it's easy it's an easy read. Like yeah. it's not it's like think of think of Harry Potter book four, which is like double the size of this, but with that type of you know script and and word size and sizing. So sounded really re- easy to read to the audio guy who I listened to read it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I wouldn't know. It's in chapter eight, the conversation I am referring to. Okay. There's, I mean, there is a lot to be said about. Making, like Keller said, as an author, making sure that this book is accessible to readers of all types. So that's correct. I mean, that's a huge and it wasn't read. a bad read. It didn't bore me. I didn't fall asleep. I didn't put it down. I read it in one shot. It was pretty good. Actually, that's a lie. I read it in two shots because the first time I started it, I had customers and didn't get back to it. And then I sat down and read the, and streamlined. Yes. I'm sorry. Customers. It's like they come in and out all day. You're like you're expecting a service or something. It's like, yeah. It was like I want to look at shiny rings. No, I want to read the book. Thanks. Busy right look at now. it under the glass. You can see it. <laughs> under the right glass. Uh, turn on the light. It'll sparkle. <laughs> um. Amazing. Yeah. I'm excited though. I'm. I actually am. I. I'm. This is probably the biggest project of of my adult life that i've done um a lot of time and a lot of effort has gone into this i have this was supposed to be just a one-off book that turned into two that turned into three that turned into four with a preamble of rook's well, you originally told me three, so I know in a quarter of a few months it's ex- it's it's had children and expanded. Yeah, initially it was supposed to be three, um, and then there was supposed to be a, a pre a pre sequel or prequel book that explained the fall of Olin, which is the Rourke's home city, um, which is her callback to Star Wars, which continuously adds on. In either direction. Yeah, but I, actually wrote, I actually wrote that story a few years ago. It's been sitting in my drafts for a while. It just needs a lot of work because at that point in time, I couldn't figure out if I wanted Rourke to be like 10 or 13 when the city fell. So he very, very much so jumps back and forth between 10 and 13 in the story. Um, it's very confusing. Um, <laughs> huh? Do 10 because I like I 10 too. look at teenagers as assholes. Do 10 yeah, because it's more sympathy. 13 fits the timeline better. Oh, oh uh, if it does, yeah. then you have to do it at 13. Otherwise, yeah. people who pay attention oh. will be like, wait the fuck a minute. Yeah. It'll be like James at 13. Oh, you're too young. Both of you are too young to remember that. So never mind. Means. Um, it's a, I mean, it's I a have, show. I have that story written up. Um, that like that's It's done. I just have to go back and probably rewrite it and do some heavy editing for it but like that story's there and it's gone it's in the uh, universe i have i have the beginnings of book four done um i have plot points for book five and book six um i have another what i consider a point five book for between three and four um so yeah what was initially a one-off book has now turned into eight. 
Well, and I, I honestly, I think that's almost better because instead of being like, oh, fuck, there's more to this and trying to ram pack it into three books because of get, people get attached to their original ideas. It's kind of like with the podcast, how we didn't get attached to the Disney thing, immediately adjusted and grew. And not everyone does that with creativity. You get so latched onto the idea. Well, this is how I wanted to release it. And this is how it should look. And this is what I want. So to be able to just be like, well, I guess three books is six books now, and that's just what's up, is it shows a lot of flexibility for you as an author. I just couldn't tell the story in three books. Like, what turned into one, like I said, I, I couldn't... That a mainstream publisher would have made you try. No, I, I can't I can't tell the story in, in that that much. And the characters have developed. Like, like Lore, especially Lore was supposed to be just a, a, a one-off background character. And he's turned into a mainstream second string. Like, he can't... The story can't progress without Lore now. And, and I've had to go back and adjust him and develop him more. And, and because I've had to develop him more, I've had to develop Alina more, which means that I've had to develop them as his characters. And they now what was supposed to be just like i said you know a one-off second second string small character has now developed into entirely second string main characters they have a family now like they have children that weren't initially supposed to be part of the plan that now hinge on their existence yeah no the entire story does hinge on their their part in it now that didn't initially um so that's 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 what I mean, you know, like and, and because of that, other parts have had to had to adapt. Like there's there's whole things that have had to change and adapt even just recently. Like I had to go back and edit parts of book three to add in things for lore, and that's had to happen in within the last couple of, of years. Like I've actually had books one, two, and three written for a while. Like they've been done for a while and I've had to go back through and, and adapt and change and everything. Um, even after the first, the first book was done, like the first book has been done and published. And even since then I've had to re readjust books two and three a little bit um, to adjust for lore. Um, poor lore, poor lore. I love lore so much. He doesn't... He was just here for one day of work. Now you've dragged them into a full-time job. Lord, <laughs> just wanted to go to work, and then work showed up, ruined his life. <laughs> Started demanding regular attendance and shit. No, Lore's always good like that. Lau's the one that's the pain in the ass. But no, Lore's the one that meets them at the city at, at the city gates in the bridge and in, into the city and it's all just downhill from there um Good. it's all all poor lore um <clears throat> ha, the door closed stop um, but no lore lore and again lore's got back history to him that he initially didn't have like i said he was initially just supposed to be one of the city guards that had connections with alina and you know was around went, for a second right was around for a little bit of time but now because of everything that's gone on and stuff that happens in the third book um we've had to adjust his his character and give him better things that then will adapt to things in books four five and six and has established agency in this year it does yep so i'm i'm 
one, two, and three establish books one, two, and three establish Rourke and Sammy's relationship, solidify Rourke and Sammy's relationship, and establish the plot line for the Wolves and the Walkers, books four, five, and six set Rourke and Sammy's relationship on the back burner, if you will, and push the plot line for the Wolves and the Walkers. So, I guess my, my last question would be, because I feel like we've gotten a good actually really good. Now I have to, you're sending me that copy of it, right? Like, yes. okay. I've, yeah. Good talk. Good talk. Um, so I know like we have talked about how this book is supposed to be kind of accessible and readable for everybody, but if like who specifically is this book for? I, I targeted it specifically for like older teenagers, young adults, like my my main target group is like 17 18 and and older um because of the adult content that does come in later books um i don't go like full-on out sexual content but i mean you've got two adult but adult young men that are right yeah i mean they, they don't ever fully have have sex because that's Rourke doesn't want to. I was I say, it sounds like Rourke's not into the hate. Okay. Not like if we're gonna go fully there, Rourke is on like fully like sex for full. We could not do the touchy feely. I feel like no. Every single like I don't know. Uh, every single time I try to sit down and be like, okay, boys, let's do the thing. Rourke is like, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> no touchy. No touchy. Um, but I mean, they do like I get into they 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 try. Rourke, uh, Sammy is a very like sexual creature. He is. He's always just like let's Love do things. Yeah, and and they go through a couple instances where Sammy's like, just stop me if you've heard this one. And Rourke hasn't heard this one and gets to a few. They get to a few places where. It takes Sammy realizing that Rourke is not in a good place to to stop this, and they have a few conversations where Sammy's like, "No, you you need to tell me no if you're not comfortable. Like, this isn't about what I want, Rourke. This is about what you are comfortable with, and if you're not comfortable, you need to stop me." Like, well, and that's another like that's a hard conversation. I feel like even a lot of people in their in their early twenties, in your early adulthood, have trouble been getting permission to do is like set boundaries and that's okay if it's not enjoyable for you it's not enjoyable for me let's find out how to make it enjoyable for each other that's such an awkward space and even in film it's not represented as a conversation people have to have you know in the movies they get swept away by passion and it all just works out and everyone knows what to do and in right. real life, it's not like that and that's what happens because Rourke's response is, well, if that's what you want to do, then that's what I want to do too. And Sammy's like, well, if I want to jump off a fucking bridge, would you let me? Like, come on, you're not that stupid. Like, be smarter than that. I know you're more of a whole being. Right, like, I know you're not this dumb. Like, come on. You know, like, like that's literally the dialogue that I use. Like, you know, like... 
that's something I would like. I feel like I would appreciate that about the story because that is a very common trope in romance situations. Is it's just like the passion swept us away and everything worked out beautifully. Right, and, and, and no Sammy, like, Sammy does. Sammy says multiple times within the story, like now that we're out of the woods and we're we're like safe in the city. He wants to take things further. Like, he wants to get into the sexual content. He wants to have sex with Rourke. Like, he wants to take their relationship to that next level. And he tries a few times, but Rourke mm. stops him because Rourke's not comfortable with it. And it takes him a while to figure out what Rourke is comfortable with. And in the end, Rourke's not comfortable with any of it. And then that's a whole other thing they got to work through as well. Is yeah, to establish two characters who have... Right. Love language is they... very uncommon. Mm -hmm. Right. Then they got to figure out how to adapt the relationship to deal with somebody that is a sexual person like Sammy and somebody like Rourke that is sex repulsed. Like, how do they figure that sex out? Sex repulsed is such an aggressive term, but that I know that's the proper that's term. What it, that's the proper term. Yeah. But as a cisgendered straight person who does not is not averted to physical touch. It is so such a new turn of phrase to me that is not necessarily associated with not loving someone. Like when I hear anything akin to the word repulse, that means you are you don't want that person near you. Right. That's and not necessarily what you're saying. No, and as a sex repulsed asexual, it makes complete sense to me. And it's not that Rourke doesn't love Sammy, and it's not that Rourke doesn't want to be with Sammy and do things with Sammy. He just doesn't want Sammy's touching him, and that's what it's it is. Not Rourke, part of not, his comfort. right? And it's not, and that's what it is. It's not that Rourke doesn't want to do things with Sammy or to like help Sammy in aspects. He just doesn't want Sammy touching him, and yeah. that's what they end up figuring out. And then they work that part of their sexual relationship into the, the situation. Like they figure it out eventually. It just takes them a little bit of time it and they get there eventually, but it's all a learning process. They get there. I actually have a lot of respect for that. I would like to read about that because they're very often it is just like, oh, it all worked out. It's this beautiful thing. And I remember thinking as a like, as an adult, looking back on my teenage experience, I was just like, well, this is a lie. Why do we keep telling? No wonder teenagers think they want to have sex. No one's right. being honest. Yeah. And see, what a bubbling nightmare it is in the beginning if you don't learn about each other. Right. It is. And and then that's why I say older teenagers and young adults, because that's yeah. honestly what it is. Because, I mean, Rourke's... It, 18, honestly, his birthday's right around the corner, 19, and Sammy, who's 21. So it's older teenagers, young adults, you know, so. Which I appreciate. I had nothing to yell about, about age difference here. Thank you so much for that. No soapbox of which to stand on yet. <laughs> I actually got really annoyed because I had somebody, um, when I first dropped the book, who thought that Rourke was like in his 40s and I was like are, what gave you that idea I was like Atheist is in his 40s what gave you the impression that Rourke was in his 40s like Rourke's what's wrong with you I, I did not get that impression characters. 
Yeah, I was like, what? Like a very silent, stoic character and a very, like... But she makes it clear that they are kind of around the same age. I do. Yeah, maybe she woke up on a bad day and needed a soapbox to stand on and stood on the wrong one. Oh no! Like, I, Atheus is the oldest. Does is, that regularly? I think Atheus is actually my oldest character because he's older than Lysha even. And Ly Lysha's just about forty, and Atheus is older it's than almost her. your oldest standing character. Yeah, as far as like clocking yeah. an age goes. Yeah. And Lysha, Lysha and Rourke are actually cousins. Um, and those those two, okay, those two are modeled after after real life because what I did there was um Lysha is the oldest of the oldest siblings. Rourke, like Rourke's Rourke's parents, they're they're related via the, the father. Um so Rourke's father is the youngest sibling. And Lysha's mom is the oldest sibling. So right. Lysha is the oldest daughter of the mom. And Rourke is the youngest son of the father. And they're 16 years apart. I was going to say, they are on opposite ends yeah, of the they, fence. So think, my son Thane is the oldest son of, of me, of mine. And then Rourke is... The youngest, so be Orion, if you were going to do a comparison, well, well or Kaylin, Kaylin, yeah, yeah, or actually, initially, there was supposed to be a younger child after Kaylin, so that that baby, mystery, ether baby, we'll call ether baby. Ether yeah, ether baby. Ether baby. Um, so that's that's Lysha and Rourke, um, and we meet we meet Lysha. In, in the second book. I know she's mentioned in the first book. Um, but we we actually do meet her in, in the second book. She's she's the shaman. Yeah. She's she's a weird one. I love I love writing Raisha. She's great. She's I always think of her as doing like weird little hand gestures and she's just she talks and she's funky. Yeah. She's always been that way though. I think she got hit in the head when she was a child and maybe she just gets dropped. Maybe it wasn't her own fault. She got hit in the head. Oh my god. <laughs> I think you did. You wait till you meet Lysha. She's she's fun. I love writing her dialogue because she's just great. She's one of those characters that always makes simple fun. Yeah, well, just the way she talks, like she never refers to anybody. Like she doesn't. She just she refers to people weird, and she always answers your questions with another question. Lillian does that, and I find it hella upsetting. But her connection to the world is very is 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 very good like the people from the like city. the embodiment of like uriel from the weird cult because it's like yeah. floating around the people around the, world. the people from the city of olin have a much stronger connection to the world than the people of bashkara and that becomes very apparent when you start interacting with rourke and lysha you're like oh yeah. there you go bye yeah so, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I could talk about this stuff for hours and days and give you guys all kinds of anything that will destroy your your want to read the books. So I have to be careful on what I say. Well, and I know we're we're a little bit short of our noontime cutoff, but I genuinely like this was 
We're going to learn about the clip critics. And so what you got was, uh, I said, we do different things and that's what Keller does differently. And that's why you should go read her book. And this is kind of like, kind of like your first book tour for your second book. Kind of. I wouldn't say a tour, but you for your book. We didn't really talk much about the second book. We kind of talked more about the first one. I haven't read it yet. And I can but the first book is established. So the second book you want them to read. Yes. But you are on a time frame limit anyway today, are you not? Like we have to end at like eleven thirty, correct? No, I don't have to have Riddick anywhere till noon. So oh, okay. So we have a little bit of extra time. Yeah. Yeah. We do have a little bit of extra so time. But I what do you want people to know about your second book to get them to read it? Because that's the next logical question. Yes, it is. What do I want people to know about the second one? I mean get them to read it. Why like obviously you're trying to convince them to read the first one and we've covered that fairly yeah. well. But so what do you want them to supporting cast comes in in the second book? Yeah, yeah. it does. A it lot, is a lot more of the supporting cast comes in in the second book. Um, she's mentioned numerous characters, I don't know who they are. So, Lore, <laughs> Lau, Alina, um, Solar, Lysha. Lysha is a name drop in the first book. Um, lots of L's going on, yes. Yes, yes, there are a lot of L's. I just realized that as I named them all off. There was not... Yeah, Lauren Lau was... Yeah. Okay. What? You need to read the book because of Lauren Lau. Let's let's put it this way. Lauren Lau... Lauren Lau are twins. Lauren Lau are the exact opposites of one another. You are either going to love Lauren and hate Lau or hate Lauren and love Lau. Or both. Because I absolutely That's love both of them. They like most twins, are the complete opposites of one another. Lore is more calm, cool, and collected. Likes books. Doesn't doesn't do much in the sense of, like, abides the rules, goes to work, comes home, you know, hangs out with his, with, with Alina, who's, who's his, his partner. Leads a quiet life. Lore is eccentric, loud, obnoxious, doesn't listen to the rules, does whatever he can to cause trouble. Lau, Lau is a good time. Lau is, is friends with everybody and anybody that is willing to talk with him. He's like a luau. He's really exciting dance. Everybody goes home happy. He thinks, yeah, like one of the conversations in the, in the book, the two of them are fighting and... Lau gets upset that somebody confused him with Lore because Lau has the good looks out of the two of them. But okay, so my fiance is a twin, and they get into arguments over age all the time. They're fucking twins. It's exactly what Alina says. Alina's like, "You're twins. Like you look the same." Like, <laughs> and it is a prevalent conversation in their world. Who yeah, is the older is. sibling? You'd think they were 16 years apart. They're not. They're not. Yeah. Like five minutes. Yep. They're identical they're twins. Not they even. And we don't even know which is which because when they were in the bathtub together, mom kind of lost track. Oh. So we don't actually know which one is Julian and which one is Joe. I just kind of rolled with it for a little bit. So at some point, watch Deceptions. It's a great movie about twins. One of them dies. The other husband ends up with the match, etc. Oh, no. you, you could replace. You're fine. No! <laughs> no! No! It's no. not what we're promoting! Okay. Uh, let you know 
Now, one of the things that happens in my world with Rourke and all of this stuff is that instead of doing like wedding rings or anything like that, they get they get matching tattoos. Lore I has love that idea. Lore has his tattoo with Alina. They're they're married, so we can tell Lau and Lore apart because Lore has his tattoo. One of them is branded. Yes, no. Lore has his tattoo. But let me add a disclaimer here right now that even though they have tattoos to get married with, we don't necessarily endorse that. I still fully endorse jewelry creations by Hunter. Please come and buy your wedding rings. Okay. Rings, so not tattoos. Add, okay, now back. Let me add then, <laughs> because of the blending of cultures that work in Sam and you, they also get rings. Oh, okay, yay. that's acceptable. <laughs> 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 if this really takes off, people buy the shit out of the book so that jewelry creations by Hunter can design a ring to go with the book, and then you can have both. Yeah. I'm ironic about this, Richard, and and you you will get this. And I'm actually kind of flabbergasted by this entire thing. The rings that I designed for the book that that Rourke and Sammy get, they're they're made out of wood because they don't have the same access to metals that that we do, right? But they look strikingly similar to your and Josh's rings. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, yep. that makes it really sense. do. You guys showed. I saw the pictures on Facebook, and I was like, "No way!" Uh, like, <laughs> like, holy crap! That's yeah. that's squishy. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I yeah. I mean, they're 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 different too in their description. But they're they also have that 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 was the, the image that I had going on in my head when I was thinking them up. So and it's yeah, nice because mine's rose gold, so it actually has that wood look. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, and they they have they have a different stone in them. Um, yeah, because ours has like a a texture a texture to the gold, so it's yeah. Which is actually multi-purpose because um they end up using the the Bashva stone in it. That's awesome. So they they have them as their their wedding bands, but if they flip them the the stone around so it's like against their palm, they can like use it as a little light in their palm, which comes in handy in the later books. Um, but that's that's yeah, and bringing that's, that like full circle thing. Where that's if you stuff I haven't written yet, actually. Um, yeah. Um, but no, yeah. Read read the books because Lauren Lau are great. Um, read the books too because we learn more about Rourke and the the book whereas the first book like I said is more like Sammy centric the second book is more Rourke centric and we leave off on a really big cliffhanger on the end of the second book like I, I gave this to uh, I gave a um, a hard copy draft copy to a couple people to read and they're really mad at me <laughs> really 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 mad at me um i don't i don't want to tell you what happens at the end of the book because super super spoilers but yeah people are the people that have read the second book are super mad at what happens at the end of the second book so it's funny because when i was uh when i was a teenager i got sucked into a book series by carolyn b cooney called both sides of time and book there was four books total books one through three were 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 in print i didn't know there was going to be a fourth 
I got the first one, loved it, ordered the next two, got to the end of the third book. It was like, oh, shoot, there's another one. And lucky, I, w- I just happened to stumble upon the time frame where it was going to be released in like a week. I went out and bought a hardcover of it, and she destroyed the entire book series in that one last book. And I was so angry because I was the first time I gave in and just bought it because I could not wait for it to go to paperback. And I was so mad that I did after that. I just had to share that. Because I don't like it when people do mean things. I, when they got a series. I am hoping I don't do mean things. <laughs> I, I have been... I I have I am not allowed to kill Rourke or Sammy, so they are not going to die. I'm telling you that right now. Um, there are character deaths, but it is not Rourke or Sammy. Fair. I will but say yeah, that. <laughs> I really liked this. It, it was a time travel romance series of all things, and I was not oh. okay with what they did. So it was like, nope. Very angry at her. Still, like it's still so bitter. I pulled up the screen so I had all the ac- the actual information. It's like there's my book and there's the one I hate. And it's just so oh. fresh. Yep. No. Because initially, way back, I no longer own them because I was so mad. No, I work. I work on this with my my friend Shay. Um, she she is very very involved in this with me. And honestly, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have what I have of this story. And initially, way back in the planning phases, one of the things that I wanted to do, because one of my my personal favorite tropes is how how bad can I kill can I hurt the main character? Uh, so one of the things that I wanted to do was kill Sammy. <laughs> but Shay had grown super attached to Shammy, Sammy, Shammy, um, Shammy, Shammy. <laughs> We call him Sam- uh, Shamu on a, on a regular basis because occasionally I mistype Sammy and write you at the end of his name. So his name is Samu. Um, but she had grown, and this, this happens on a regular basis. When I write things, I'll grow super attached to one of the main characters and she'll grow super attached to the other main character. So works works my baby. Sammy is her baby. Um, so I was like, so here's an idea I had. I'm going to kill Sammy. And I got an angry message in all caps back because we talk a lot through Skype saying that under no uncertain terms was I allowed to kill Sammy and she knows where I live and she was going to put gas in her car and be it to my house in eight hours and, and murder me in my sleep. And I was like, okay, so we don't kill Sammy. So I'm not allowed to kill Sammy. Um, so he's safe, and I will not kill Rourke because he's my baby, so he's safe. But that leaves everybody else up for grabs. Um, <laughs> so many people to kill. Oh, so many people to kill. I will say that there are some that are safe. Um, I will say that there are others that I hadn't thought that would be on the chopping block till just recently. So you never know. You never know. Think Game of Thrones. You never know that your fave is safe. Yep. Except Rourke and Sammy. Those two are 100% safe. Those two will not die. But you never know if your fave is safe or not. I see you writing, Cat. What do you got going? Um, let me finish it and I'll read it. Oh, dear. Is this... Is this? Can't is spell this... that word. 
Uh oh. But yeah, I'm excited. Um, but yeah, read read the second one for more for more romance. If that's your thing, it's a little bits of adventure, more romance. See Rourke have a whole bunch of anxiety. Yeah, Rourke is me. Let's let's just be real. Rourke is me in book form. <laughs> Emotional <Die>. damage. Emotional <laughs> damage. Yes. <laughs> okay, I got it. You want to hear your preamble? Your, your new book preamble? Yes. Okay. When, what did you just say? Did you tell me to suck things? Don't be mean to me. Wow. I didn't tell you to do anything. <laughs> now she's Don't hearing voices. Constantly. My brain makes up the worst shit. I thought Julian told me to move out the other day. Anyway. That wasn't okay. him. It was just his brother. <laughs> the same age. Anyway. Hey! Me, 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 me. I'm just kidding. Right. Okay. Let's see what you got. Sam is ripped unexpectedly through his mirror into a thermally heated lightless world. Rourke, uh, yeah. Rourke is first forced to adapt his solitary ways and help Sammy integrate into a world of dark skies. And strange creature, strange creatures, dark skies, strange creatures, and each other. Can Sammy get back through to his world? And with the new relationship between him and Rorik, does he even want to? Dun, dun, dun! Bloody Mary is a game of chance, but when Sammy takes up the uh, up the mantle to try it, he finds himself living in a strange and <laughs> world. Okay, well, <laughs> Funny you mentioned Bloody Mary because that was one of the concepts I had for the book initially, and then took it out. Well, buddy, it is a Bloody Mary type. It is a Bloody Mary type scenario, yeah. though. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, an aggressive ass reflection comes out and pulls him in, so that's I mean, less murdery, but very aggressive. I mean, it lets you reflect for a while. I wish I could read it better, but I'm not a strong reader. But yeah, that's what oh, I got through a conversation. I like that. That was good. I like it. That's good. But yeah, Bloody Bloody Mary was one of the concepts I used initially, then scrapped. Um, what else did I do? And then scrapped. Initially, I, I, I actually toned Sammy down. Sammy was a lot more of a sexual creature. I've toned him down a bit. Um, <laughs> like reeled him in a touch. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. He still swears a bit. Um... But yeah, I had, I had to tone him down a bit. He was he was way out there. That's part of the process, though, as you get to know your own characters. Yeah, a little bit, though. Ashley's one of the characters you meet in the beginning of the first book. Again, I do everything deliberately. Throwing that out there. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I currently, book one is published, book two is up for pre-order, book three is done, it does need some heavy editing, um, but book three is done, when exactly I get that done and out is up for debate, I have started book four, although that needs to be reworked and needs a shit ton of work, I have notes, where is my notebook? I have notes, I have a whole notebook, I have notes for book five? Do I have notes for book five? No. Yes. So would you be open to since we have whichever 
poor souls of listeners have stayed with us this long, presumably all of them. Yeah, I have notes. Well I have notes for the end of book six. <laughs> like I know how it's going to end now. Anyways, fucking but, overachiever. I am. Uh, <laughs> being what was I going to say? So, Would I be open for something? Yes. So since we've gone out there and you've gone out there with, I would call this an interview. Next time we do one, I'll probably ask Richard a bunch of shit about himself and why he, why Disney and why jewelry and how that happened. Um, Would you be open to people finding you? Where can they find you? And can they ask you about your book? Yeah, I'd be open for all that. Um, I'm, I'm on social media, but I'm not like active on social media. Um, I if have you a, interact with Kells, they will respond to you, but you have to first interact. Yeah, I'm, I'm not good at being active on social media, but if you message me, I will respond to you. Um, I have a Twitter. Sammy and Rourke. It's fine. You mentioned Sam, mentioned you listen to the podcast and Sammy and Rourke, and I will scream at you. Um, <laughs> if you want to get a hold of me, even through our podcast Facebook, that's fine. Um, I have a personal. Well, I shouldn't say a personal Facebook. Book this shit on the scrap the shitty iron farm with the Ono. Oh speaking, speaking of Shay, there's Shay with Minecraft. Um, she's trying to build an iron farm, but it's not working. Um, oh my God, anyway, yeah, find, just... find me on our Facebook through the podcast. I have a Keller Marie Facebook. Um, again, I'm not. Yeah, just type in. Do an easier one, and I invite via OP, but I'm so over this shit. Yeah, I, I could have told you to do an easier iron farm a year ago, but you didn't want to. Anyways. Um... <laughs> so Minecraft. So Minecraft. Facebook and Twitter. It's all under the Keller Marie handle. Um, super easy to find. I will yell at you if you yell at me. Yeah, like yeah. just because not particularly social media active, like a lot of the influencers, doesn't mean we're not responsive. We are all very responsive. We are responsive. Um, just participate in the real world more than the social media one. So, Who on you, me, 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 me. What? Where? Are I don't know. I'm on at? Facebook pretty heavily. Okay. Well, Richard has a fan site that he has to he has to upkeep and shit, and he is actually two of them. I am going to post on the Facebook once the pre-order stuff is up a bit more because like once it's available on Amazon and stuff I am going to like make a post and be like hey you can go pre-order the book but Amazon's stupid and doesn't want to update and recognize stuff as soon as some of the other pages do like I, I posted the book for pre-order and within a couple hours I had a few pages that were like hey your book's up for pre-order but then Amazon likes to wait a few days, so it's yeah. up for pre-order today. Yeah, yeah, on some sites, like you can go get it on Apple, like right now. No, I mean Amazon. No, it's not up on Amazon yet. Um, I have had it on my screen. The Last City. Yeah. Really? Let me go back and recheck that just to make sure. It's up on. <laughs> Let's not let this be like when Cat thought Disney released a horror movie under their name, and then I'll be uh, very disappointed. Uh, um, I'm looking too because if it's there, then I need to add it to my book stuff because I'm not seeing it. Uh, I've got to, for some reason, I type in everything and it's 
There we go. You're there. If anyone wants to go on eBay and buy that copy of Utopia, I will be posting that on my page just if anyone wants to send me that for fun. So thank you so much, listeners, for supporting me and my wants. I have nothing to do with my talent at all whatsoever. I see oh, uh, no, it's never mind. Yeah, I was say, it's it's, not- it's, there's two books there with your name on it, and I assumed and then I just looked. And yeah. I'm like, oh! Oh! <laughs> oh. Yeah. You assumed! You assumed wrong! <laughs> Making assumptions all over the place and shit! It was like, there's two books available! And there is two books available! It was like, I was just there! <laughs> yeah. yeah! Okay, well, it sounds like the author knows what is released and where. <laughs> so I'd go with that one. <laughs> it's, it's a book that oh, must not be named. <laughs> go order that one too, just to say No, that. do not. No, seriously, do not you go order. Can't. <laughs> no, because I have no affiliation with that publisher anymore, and it will not do me oh. anything whatsoever. Do not go and order that book anymore. Never mind. I no. I was saying it as a funny, but it's not funny. It's bad. I already knew it. <laughs> Don't don't go order it because I yeah I have no affiliation with it. It won't do me any good whatsoever. Um, oh, that sucks. I've actually asked them to pull it off the shelves several times, and they ignore me. So, do not go and do that. Ignore that one completely. That shit. They should pull it off the shelves. That oh anyway, yeah. that's a whole nother conversation. That's, about the- that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. That's that's one of those um. That's um, about um, the art industrial complex and owning rights to shit that's not yours. Yep, it, it's one of those. Um, oh my god! What? It's it vanity publishers. That was a whole oh. whole thing. Yep, yeah, I got fucked over with that. But that's a whole story for another day. That's why I said it's we'll how talk. We about learn. It. Yep, it is how we learn. So yeah. Anyways. Brother, I do, I do pay tribute to that book, though. I do. I in in the later books, um, in well, in the first book, you come across. Um, I think the boys refer to it as is the broken city. Um, oh, that's they, beautiful, and it's a callback to the original book. I do. Yep. So in the in the first book, they refer to it as the broken city. In the later books, um. They talk about venturing back out to reclaim their their lands from the wolves and the walkers. And Sammy's like, well, we came across this place when we were on our way here. And they decide to go back to that city and build and reclaim it and build a trading post there. And they name it Ashen. So, oh. yeah, I do. I do call that book back in my own way. Um but yeah, if I that... ever find the copy you gifted me, um, we'll post a picture of it. Uh, just... I have my copy, but it's buried right now. Um, and that's, I'm sure I have, I hope it didn't end up in the box of mold books that got eaten alive. It may have. Oh, I mean, and cast is ashen. The difference is cast is ashen after I got a college education and I realized how bad ashen was so i took the the same thing that happened to margaret what's her name right i took took the plot points literally opened a new word document and rewrote the book yep 
that's that's what cast is you're not the only author i've heard say to do that like when i was listening to i was taking one of those silly like passive classes and they were mentioning there was a lot of that like whatever you wrote first that you're attached to that's great take notes now throw it away and start over rewrite it completely i had to i had to if i ever wanted to work with this story in this series again i had to because of what happened with the vanity publisher i i had to if i want to do anything with this story again i had to rewrite it and i'm glad i did because rewriting cast you did better anyway yeah yeah, rewriting cast led to rewriting last city which re which led to rewriting book three which that that title is um I don't actually, I don't want to name drop that title yet. And it was re-led to rewriting book three, which is now led to rewriting and creating book four, five, and six. And what are now known as the 2.5 books. So like it's, it's created this whole massive everything. So yeah, it was honestly the best thing I could have done. It grew in a better direction. Bang. Yeah. So yep. another information piece for you guys. Let me ask her this question. When do you expect book three to be released? <laughs> You're mean. <laughs> You're a bad person. I don't know yet because I want to give date, it's book, a trick. I want to give book two time to shine. But it does sound like the script for book three is entirely written. Oh, it's done. I just need to do like in all reality, I could probably have it out in the next couple of months. There you folks go. All you got to do is sound her a little bit. I'm not. um, I want to give book two time to shine. And I want to give you guys time to sweat a little bit because of how book two ends. And I have to catch up. Like, I have to read book one. So, like, give the rest of us a minute who have been afraid to jump in this pool. Catch the fuck up. Calm down, Richard. In in fairness, George R.R. Martin does the same thing. I am not going to George R.R. Martin, you guys. I swear to living... Fuck, I am not going to do that to you guys. Granted, I still need to write books four, five, and six, but I am not going to do that to you. I want this story to be told as much as the next person. I am not going to do that to you. Just decides, done with it, and stops at book four and a half. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I mean, I am taking a break because I'm on some medications that are fucking with my thinky parts, but I am not going to do that to you. I want to tell this story... It's important to me. It needs to be out there. I am going to finish it. Trust me. And the ending is fucking baller. And I want to get it out there. I have fucking pages. No, I don't kill Sammy. I don't kill Rourke. I'm not allowed to kill them. I have literal fucking pages and plot points of notes. I have an entire fucking notebook. I mean, you are their number one fan. I am their number one fan. And their romance is adorable. And I love them very much. Should be. That is the only you picked up my misery comment, didn't you? <laughs> I hate you. I hurt you all. <laughs> I just want people to enjoy my story. And I want people to understand and know that there are ace people out there writing ace representation. And that we hear you. And we're out there and we just need to be found. People are working on it. There's people are. out there, we're, you know, trying to fix it, trying to get you that representation and those characters that you can relate to. Insert yourself in there. I think what the ally hoodies always say is, "We exist." I promise. Same thing with this book. It's out there. We promise. It's yep. 
make a little effort to find it. I'm working on it. Just a long and time. It's up to people. It's up to people who hear this to like go find it, go look at it. Even traffic on the page looking at it means something. Go. Did you ever make a Facebook page for the for the book? Have you, have you ever done that? I haven't made a Facebook page for the book specifically, but I have my my author page that people can go to. I haven't thought about making a page for the book specifically, honestly. My mom made one for her chicken. You should probably make one for your book. One for chicken. I mean, I have one for rags to riches and for Clue. I don't think I'd be able to be in charge of a page that's specifically for my book. I have a hard enough time being in control of my author page. Like, no, you need a PR person if they're going to control your book. Richard, do you want to be my PR person for my books? <laughs> I could create you oh, a page. No. That's easy. I mean, I will come and help you moderate it. That's fair. I have a star on it, but I, I could. What the actual copy of Rutopia? Riddick just came in here and started making those weird noises. I was going to ask you: Is he Tweedledum or Tweedledee? I think he's the it dumb one. On the day. But yeah, let's do. Can can we do that? Can we make a, a page for the books? Yeah, we can make a page for the books. Oh yeah, we should have one. We, should have one. we really should. But we should design that together. Yeah. Because it's super easy. Is. Look out what for that. It's almost time for him to go to magic. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to go he's to getting, Well, that's that's fine. He's oh, getting okay. he's getting anxious. So when we get, get the, the page up, we'll have to post it in here for people yeah. to for sure. Yeah. Because you definitely need one. I do we do now? I'm super excited, especially if Richard's gonna be in charge of it because that's one less thing I have to do. <laughs> I'm already. Pages is his shit. That's his wheelhouse. Yeah, it is. You can take my bullshit little thing and and clean it up and post it on that if you want to. So I can uh, feel like I participated. I did a thing. You did a thing. That's fair. If you if you want to screenshot it, me, I can type it up and clean it up and. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, this has been so much fun. I'm so excited. I this really. This has been fun. This has been a really good way to get to know you and what you do and what you're passionate about. So I, thank you. I always love talking about writing. Like writing is literally my passion. I went to I went to college for it. I have a degree in creative writing. Like I I literally at 10 years old was like, I want to be an author when I grow up. And it's it's I it, it's all I've ever wanted to do. I have boxes of writing of like on le legal pads and pencil that you probably can't read anymore because that's how old it is but it's just, all just like smudged lead yeah well i mean and, and that's what happens to lead paper you yeah. know lead on paper when it gets old and it, and it just, especially yeah. those soft lead pencils they used to give yeah and i mean i've been writing writing fan fiction which honestly okay i'm gonna stop right here for just a second i know i have to go because i have to take riddick but i don't care what anybody says Fan fiction is a valid form of writing. Fuck anybody that tells you different. That's true. Look what it did for Twilight and and Fifty Shades of Grey. Got a standing entertainer. Ah, why? Richard? why yeah. It is. It's fan fiction. It's a valid form of writing. It is a valid form of writing. It is a valid form of writing. Fifty Shades of Grey. Hot trash. It is hot trash, and I hate it for other reasons. But yes, for that particular reason, yeah, I have to agree with you. What, what was that? I didn't hear you. You should go that slower and a little bit louder. 
Anyways, I've been writing fan fiction before I realized it was fan fiction. My friend Jess and I used to sit out in the hallway of our school and write shitty self-insert Star Wars fan fiction before we realized what it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, I still write fan fiction now. I write fan fiction as a way to just develop skills and stuff that I then turn around and use in my own personal writing. Um, Anybody that tells you fan fiction isn't valid is fucking trash. You learn and develop skills. You learn and develop skills in fan fiction that you then can turn around and use in your own writing because fan fiction allows you to take characters that are already developed and put them in situations that you can learn from and write from and then you take them into characters that you have to develop. Can you stop crinkling that, please? No, seriously, can you stop? Um, And then you take them and put them in characters that you are developing and put them into the same situations because it's it's a lot easier to take pre-developed characters and put them into a situation than characters that you have to then develop and put them into those same situations. Like, writing is a lot more complicated. It's the whole anybody can write a book that's bullshit anybody can pick up a pen and put some words on paper not anybody can write a book because not only are you having to put those words on paper you have to do the research behind it you have to be every single character in that book i have to be rourke i have to be sammy i have to be luna i have to be lore i have to be alina i have to be lao i have to be every single character in all of my books and i have to be in their heads. I have to be in their mindsets. I have to be characters I don't like. I have to be a character in these books that hates Sammy because he doesn't belong there. And I have to believe Yeah, and I have to believe why I'm writing that character that I hate Sammy. And that Sammy's existence in this world is is not is is not good. I have to be a racist asshole why I'm writing this character. And I have to believe that I am this racist asshole. Writing is not easy. He has to tap her inner Hitler. It's terrifying. I do, actually. I do. I do. Riddick, did you um, know we almost dressed you up as baby Hitler and no one would let us do it? <laughs> we did. We almost dressed you up as baby Hitler. We can we still do it. We should try it, yeah. Because they have you have the hair. Richards, Richards, um, why did I should go as Hitler? No, you shouldn't. Anyways, oh, Riddick had yes, yes, he should. Riddick, oh. see, we give him a little stash. Okay, well, to fill everybody in that's listening, Riddick is sitting in here now, and Riddick had a haircut when he was a baby that looked like the Hitler haircut. And Christina, a cat, and I wanted to give him the little mustache. He thought it would be super and funny. He thought it would be adorable, and nobody would let us do it. Do you baby Hitler as a trope. Like the Hitler costume. I'm going as Hitler for Richard's wedding. Anyways. I'm going as Writing is hard. Fan fiction is valid. And if anybody says to you, well, anybody can write, that's easy. They're fucking wrong. They're fucking trash. And fuck them. The numbers from Fifty Shades do not lie. They sell. Richard? I'm going to die. You are going to die. Okay, with that we have to go. Yeah, we do, because Riddick, Riddick is chopping at the bit. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Dude, thank you for doing this and for letting me interview you and for talking about this. This was fun. Yeah. Fan fiction allows you to you be him, you be her scenario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
just made it! I did think I was going to make it. I was like, I gotta bring it up. Oh, it's a tradition! I have to rewatch that movie to go memorize more quotes. Yes, yes, yes. My favorite quote interaction is genuinely the like, just woke up wise one day, but I can't remember the whole trade. Anyway. Bye! I hate him so much. I hate him so much. I'm going to write a fan fiction where I just stab Richard and that's going to be the end of it. Richard dies. Bleeding. He's probably going to start a series. You know how they kill Kenny in South Park? Yes, it's going to be me dying in every episode. Yep, that's, that's what Can it is. make a side like comic book where Richard, as a cult leader, is constantly trying to kill off his cultees and they just don't die for some reason? Like, it doesn't work out? They just, like, don't drink the Kool-Aid? Yes! They to drink the Kool-Aid! Nope. It's I'm a get the snacks uh, instead, or <laughs> yes, I want it. I want it. Okay. Something important. <laughs> he buys in the wrong color shoes. <laughs> <laughs> she just danced across the street, and it was magical. Okay, all right, goodbye, everybody. We'll see you goodbye. next week. <laughs>